Welcome everyone for the first ACL, AFC Champions League um, space. I think uh, so far no one really picked up this, this tournament. To speak about it in the internet, you know, uh, we do it quite often in different scenarios. Um, mainly in uh, Africa, Lotfi here is uh, very familiar with the African football spaces. And we are trying to see if uh, Asian football community is, uh, is uh, basically interested in such content. Is Lotfi is with us. Um, good evening, Lotfi. I am here. It's a pleasure to be there. I was just there to, to listen, but anyway, <laughs> if I can take part, it's okay. You, you are always uh, welcome in everything we do in Baba God, you know. Uh, so just um, a quick, uh, a quick uh, brief for all the guys who just uh, joined us. It's a, it's a modest, but I like the, the atmosphere. I like the faces. Uh, we will speak briefly about a few interesting topics that are taking place in the AFC Champions League uh, at, I would say, the first days of the tournament. Uh, basically, this tournament, the AFC Champions League 2022, is a rare tournament that is taking place exclusively in Saudi Arabia, in the West, and in uh, Vietnam and uh, Thailand, uh, in the East. Uh, in a one-month uh, hit, like in a World Cup form or, a, you know, a knockout tournament uh, form uh, of a group stage. Quite interesting. Um, although it harms a lot of the atmosphere, I believe, you know, you don't get the local fans uh, for several clubs, but that's for another topic. Uh, I think the main talking issues that I think that will be interesting to discuss today uh, uh, are basically the Chinese team that basically throwing their football heritage way into the garbage, you know, in a way, sorry for the expression, uh, the interesting uh, rise of ASEAN clubs uh, in this circumstance, as we've seen uh, three teams from the ASEAN win today against the Korean teams, very interesting uh, phenomena indeed, that I would like also to hear the fans reaction to these uh, results and this phenomena. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about the West as well, uh, the absence of the Iranian teams and what it does to the Western part of the AFC Champions League. Uh, we will ask, uh, yes, Irfan, I gave you also um, an invite to speak. We, um, we will ask also if someone is uh, capable of stopping uh, Ali Lal for winning a second consecutive uh, AFC Champions League title. And we will ask also if uh, El Shabab, uh, Riyadh are for real or not for real. Um, you know, I would start and say that uh, AFC Champions League for me is uh, one of the most fascinating and diverse tournaments uh, out there. You know, I love, I really love this tournament. I love Indian football and... In a way, you know, uh, my career as a journalist, you know, I, ah, I haven't represented myself uh, as the speaker. It's Uri Yeh, the founder of uh, Baba Gold. I tried to open the space also from, uh, from another computer. It didn't really work out, but uh, we will get there. Um, it's only the pilot, so I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm hosting it, but uh, also uh, Martin Lowe, 
with especially uh, on Asian football, especially uh, Central Asian football, will also uh, contribute from his immense knowledge in the topic. Uh, we have Lotfi, as uh, you met him before, of course, Erfan uh, is here also, and uh, Navin um, Peter uh, from Injury Time uh, podcast, uh, Indian football uh, journalist, Indian sports journalist, um, which is also covering uh, a very, I, w- I would say, a historically historical uh, AFC Champions League uh, group stage for the for the Indian uh, for the Indian representative uh, Mumbai. Uh, so we'll start. Um, the mic is open. Anyone who wants to go and uh, discuss one of the one of the the hot topics that I mentioned, I can take. I can put my own take on uh, on the Chinese uh, the Chinese clubs. I will start with that. Um, basically, I think it's a big shame to see a, a huge institution of uh, East Asian football, uh, Guangzhou FC, that used to be Guangzhou Evergrande. Uh, finishing the first two games with uh, basically zero goals and 13 goals conceded, uh, playing with uh, uh, under 21 sides basically, maybe with uh, you know the help of uh, one veteran player here and there. I think it hurts mm, the heritage of this club. I think it hurts the heritage of uh, Chinese football uh, club football, what it used to be, uh, if it had any heritage. Uh, and uh, you are welcome to discuss this as well. And I think it hurts the image of Asian football. Uh, and it cannot happen, for me, it cannot happen in the top competition of, of this continent because, you know, eventually we compare AFC uh, Champions League, we compare it to the Copa Libertadores, we compare it to CAF Champions League, um, and we compare it to UEFA Champions League. Uh, it's the top, the top club competition this continent has. So for me, it's a big, big, big mistake that the AFC Champions League, uh, the AFC let uh, the Chinese clubs playing AFC Champions League with this uh, enforced AU squads. Uh, I think it's a shame. Uh, I think uh, Shanghai Port did the smart move to withdraw themselves from the competition and not taking place. But I would love to get uh, your uh, voices on it. So please, anyone who wants to speak, floor is yours. Hello, can you hear me? Hello, yes, I'm fun. Good evening. Good evening to you. Uh, so my thought about the Chinese clubs, honestly, I agree with what you said. It's uh, very dis- disrespectful to the to Asian football as a whole. Um, and I will explain later. But I think AFC are also partly p- to blame for this. Uh, they should punish the member associations that uh, disrespect uh, the competition. Uh, obviously, the AFC, this doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. And every other confederation, even Oceania, no one disrespects a uh, competition like this. It's supposed to be a prestigious competi- competition and uh, with the biggest clubs uh, from the continent. And uh, it's very sad to see Gohanzu, who are two-time former champions like this, uh, uh, lose the games like this and yeah I agree with you I think Shanghai uh, formerly Shanghai SIPG I think they did a good thing withdrawing from the competition although I think they should have withdrew earlier so maybe another club from the playoffs could have uh, had a chance to qualify to the main competition but it's still better than sending the youth teams um, 
and yeah, that's what I think about it. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Irfan, for for your take on it. Uh, Martin, good evening. Maybe we'll hear what your your view of the situation with the Chinese clubs. Good evening, Yuri, and good evening, everyone else. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel exactly the same as everyone else in terms of it. It is spoiling a spectacle of what we want to be seeing is the, the best clubs in Asia um, all taking part, all at the highest level. Um, to be devil's advocate potentially into the room is obviously the Chinese clubs are fighting obviously uh, uh, government powers in China um, and the CFA. This is a ruling across the board. These aren't clubs making their own decisions after this, the back of this. Um, and this could be kind of compared to how quite a lot of the established nations, especially in the East, um, have reacted in terms of hosting the event. So for the last two years, um, the East in particular has struggled for hosts. So I've seen a number of uh, criticisms today about the pitches in um, in Malaysia um, in particular um, from clubs or fans of clubs in Japan and Korea. And I think those two countries in particular, because of their government powers or the FAs being unwilling to take it on, um, they haven't uh, stepped up and kind of taken the mic and taken those group stages on. So I think while we're kind of focusing on China and saying that they should be punished, um, I would also want to see the AFC reaching out to the established nations and kind of saying, well, you've, you've put yourselves forward, especially for World Cup qualifiers, when it, you can see the pecking order, they want to see the World Cup qualifiers uh, hate us a stage day in Japan and Korea. Why aren't we seeing the same for the ACL? Um, and this the big criticism, uh, the big kind of sad, regrettable point that we're in 2022 and we're still playing neutral hooks. And, and that has to get, that's across the board um, in terms of everybody has to play the part in that. Um, and we just hope that obviously it's, it gets better for next year. For China, it isn't looking um, a good COVID situation at the moment. But we can hope that it kind of changes going forward. But as I said, it's not just purely on China, even though they're the one in the spotlight. I don't think hardly um, any uh, member association has put in there. They're all um, to help this competition move forward. Yeah, I, I fully agree with what you are saying. Uh, but, uh, you know, um, unless someone has uh, more uh, input about, about it, I think, uh, you know, the common sense of everyone here is practically uh, very similar. But uh, I think one of the greatest benefits, uh, benefiters from the situation are the ASEAN clubs. Uh, what we've seen today is a big, uh, a big. I think it's a kind of an historical day. We are looking at the result. Um, Daegu from Korea lost 3-0 to Lion City from Singapore. We saw Pethong uh, United from Thailand uh, finish, uh, winning 2-0 against Jeonam from South Korea. And if that's not enough, Juhur Darul Tazim, the mega club of Malaysia, is beating uh, Ulsan, no other than the uh, South Korean powerhouse uh, and uh, the Asian champions for uh, 2020. Lest uh, we forget, um, with a great uh, goal uh, of Bergson da Silva, um, the Brazilian uh, striker of uh, Juhur. Uh, I would like to have uh, here maybe an Isaiah speaker that will a uh, little bit uh, share more uh, more in-depth uh, knowledge about the situation and bring us the reactions from, uh, from a joy joyful uh, uh, Isaiah region, I would say. 
if there is someone like here, I saw the bear is connecting. Bear, floor is yours. Maybe share with us the the reactions from a historical day for Azan football in AFC Champions League. Bear? Well, the bear refused to open his mic for uh, some reason. Lotfi, do you have anything to say in the topic? Yes, uh, thank you for giving me the floor. Uh, I was wondering if this, um, this, uh, how would you say, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this complete dis disinterest of the of the Chinese club uh, for the competition since uh, a few years, actually since the um, since the the arrival of the virus, is it not um, embodying in a certain way the complete disinterest of the of the clubs or the or the I would say of the clubs for football in general because we are we are seeing correct me if I'm wrong obviously because I'm not very keen on the topic but uh, since a lot when uh, I think it was in uh, 2015 since the last time they reached uh, a, a Chinese club reached the the final so I was wondering that with this uh, with with those fielding of uh, of under 21 teams if this. Uh, if it is not uh, embodying kind of the disinterest of uh, of Chinese clubs uh, for certain reasons uh, and even Chinese government for the for the competition because uh, we all know that they are funded by uh, they were funded by big um, by big corporations and big owners. Yeah, it's a, it's a great it's a great uh, question, Martin. You want to take it? Yeah. So I think yeah, we can all see that. Um, the CFE um, and the, the, the Chinese government have really bought, uh, backed off in terms of their, their backing of um, football in the region. I think this whole idea that they were supposed to be world champions by 2030, um, yada, 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 that, that it, it was never going to kind of come to fruition. And we've seen in the last five years, the money starts to kind of slowly drip out of Chinese football. Um, and a couple of those great kind of corporations, so the Evergrande Group, etc., are starting to have financial difficulties. Um, and Chang who were in, who were down for the playoffs um, for the ACL, um, both pulled out on in terms of financial uh, issues as well as the kind of the normal COVID situation. So I don't think it's just COVID that's uh, a difficulty for the Chinese clubs at the moment, and it's to be seen kind of how that will have a knock-on effect. We'll see if the domestic league. Um, looks anywhere near kind of the standard that we were expecting previously. Uh, there is some promising signs in terms of we're seeing some overseas um, signings over the, the off season, um, which I don't think we were seeing as much of this time last year. So they're not the same caliber, so they're not the, the kind of Oscars, the um, the Hulks, etc. of this world. They are kind of uh, that a few tiers down, some quite unknown uh, foreigners from kind of Africa um, and Eastern Europe. But it is a kind of a step in the right direction, you hope. Um, we'll see, I think. Uh, so as I say, it's not just a COVID situation. In terms of going back to your point regarding the Southeast Asian teams, I think it's obviously a historic day for it. Um, JDT, BG Putum and Lion City Sailors all winning. Um, I think it's, it's going to go down as kind of a monumentous kind of day in uh, Champions League uh, football. Um, I think... 
there, which is quite interesting to hear what he was going to say about it. I think he's saying the next kind of stage is this is the first time that they've won a game in the, um, the tournament, or this is kind of like an unprecedented day. Is what's the next stage? Are they going to start to compete um, on a regular basis to actually progress to the knockout stages? And we've seen this with World Cup qualifying with um, Thailand, Vietnam. When is the next stage of the game going to knock on? Um, I think for the Thai clubs, there's been a couple of occasions where they've made the last 16, that's um, eight with kind of Buram and Mong Kong. Um, but are we going to see that from these clubs? I think it's too early at the moment, but I don't. I think it's going heading in the right direction. Um, and that's why I always back uh, the AFC's desire or <laughs> previous desire. We'll see what the, the Asian Super League brings for their previous desire to expand the tournament. And I think this is we're seeing it bear its fruits in terms of the big scalps that these teams have made. But it bears, bears uh, returns. So hopefully you can <laughs> let us know his thoughts on this. Bear, please, the floor is yours. I know you had uh, some internet issues, as you told me. I, I must uh, say uh, that I agree with you, Martin. Uh, you know, and uh, Lotfi, for, for this, you know, Guangzhou uh, Evergrande even won the AFC Champions League in 2015. So we are talking about a giant of the competition that literally, you know, is, uh, is having a trouble, troubling times. Um, but Bear... Give us uh, the impression from the Azan, please. Yes, we can. Hello, Yuri. Hello, Bear. How are you? Hello, Yuri. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. We can. We hear you. Hello, Yuri. Can you hear me? Hello? Ah, Bear. Yes, yes, we hear you. Do you hear me? I think uh, Bear, Bear's connection is uh, troubling our space, unfortunately. Oh, here, you hear that? You hear that, Bear? Bear? Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, well, Bear, try to fix the internet. Maybe reconnect. Now we'll uh, resend you an, uh, permission to speak. Um, we will move on maybe now. Uh, just one one take on the on the Chinese club, uh, Martin uh, uh, and Lotfi also. Uh, I think that basically, um, I, I would say, I would put it this way, you know, it's a combination of things that uh, people in China, I think, you know, from what I heard, the, the, the situation they are facing currently with the new uh, breakout of the, of the COVID uh, is really putting them uh, in a, like uh, what is coming first, you know, the, the egg or the chicken. Because if they won't send teams to the AFC Champions League now, if they won't play AFC Champions League now, so they might lo lose an income or lose wh whatever that comes with TV rights. And if they won't keep their best teams into the local for the local league, so they probably won't play AFC Champions League next year. So, you know, that it's 
it's I agree with Martin that obviously you know it's always connected to government decision there in the football and you know we 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 know the all the stories about the the fifty year plan for Chinese football and uh, the the bizarre way that we you know people from 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 other regions look at it and trying to understand what's what's the agenda um but it's a combination of things uh, for sure um Irfan, please uh, take uh, take the mic. You are free to yes. talk. Yes. yes, I just want to ask something. Sure. Uh, I think that AFC are not helping with the Chinese club situation by making the format centralized, uh, holding them in the space of uh, about three weeks in a single country. I think that if the format, like everywhere else in the world, uh, the games are held normally, even in uh less the developed continents uh, everywhere else they're held normally but in asia sadly we're still seeing them uh, in a centralized format i think that life has almost returned to normal now so afc should consider uh, making the competition back to normal home and away and uh, also the knockout state games and uh, i think if that happens then the chinese clubs um, th- there's a higher chance that they will return to the competition with their proper teams because then they will maybe value the competition higher, if you get what I mean. Yes, yes, of course, of course. Uh, you know, as I said, it's like, what, can, what, what is coming first? But I, I fully agree with you. I, I, you know, one of my, uh, you know, biggest dreams is to see AFC Champions League uh, going shuffle, you know, and to see teams from the West traveling East and teams, teams from the East traveling West. And I think the market opportunities that this will bring, and yes, it will demand the clubs and the federations and the AFC for a bigger investment, seriously bigger investment, because the the length and the distance covered uh, will be difficult. But I think the, the profit for Asian football will be immense and imparable. Just imagine Ali Lal traveling to to Southeast Asia. I'm It's amazing. Ali Lal playing Juhu. Uh, you know, or something like that so, in in Malaysia or in Singapore, even playing, you know, the biggest clubs in Singapore. Yeah, Lofty, Lotfi, what, what do you have to say about that? Yes, uh, I would say that uh, I am, I, I absolutely agree with you, uh, Yuri, that uh, it's time, even if it's complicated, I would say that uh, I wish uh, since a long time to see uh, back, uh, to see uh, the West facing, the Western teams facing the Eastern teams, because honestly we are seeing, uh, I'm not a specialist, but we are seeing uh, always the same games in the in the West, with all my respect for all those clubs, we are seeing uh, all the, the same games, and even, you know, in terms of competitivity, you know, you're, it's a bit, uh, uh, it's a bit masking the reality because you know, uh, uh, for instance, El Hilal or whatever, they are only facing teams uh, from their zone, and you know, they don't have the the chance uh, to face uh, teams from uh, from the other side, and they are surprised in a certain way, notably the fans, when they discover that they are facing Urawa or whatever, you know. So I think even for the sake of, of competitivity, it would be formidable, even if. Let's let's be honest. There are huge hurdles, notably as you say, the traveling uh, distance, etc., uh, preventing such. But it would be a very formidable year to have uh, again, uh, like in the past. I think uh, this format was adopted. I don't remember when it was adopted, but in the past it was um, a full draw. If I if I, I think if I'm not wrong. Yeah, maybe maybe you you refer to the Asian Club Championship days in the in the 
in the early 90s? I remember I think when I started watching football which was in the middle of the of the of this uh, millinery actually uh, I think there were there was a, a final I think which was um, I think it was El Karama against John Book and uh, and I think there wasn't uh, there wasn't um, the this uh, zone zone thing sorry so maybe uh, Maybe I'm wrong, but I think the specialist there will correct me if I if I'm wrong. Obviously, yeah, may I speak on this? Yeah, sure, fun. Go ahead. Yeah. So until the 2013 AFC Champions League, actually, uh, the group stages were held uh, in zones as it is right now. But from the knockout stage, then there would be a draw held, which um, would combine the east and west zones, basically. Ooh. And yeah, I think that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Perfect, man. Bear is keep uh, keeping uh, connecting and disconnecting from uh, from this uh, space. Martin, you have something to add, man? Yeah, just as kind of reiterate, obviously that's where we we can see the potential in terms of we want to be seeing Al Hilal um, against Sarah Reds on a regular basis in a group stage, through to the knockouts, etc. And we'll start to see that kind of form um, of a full eight, a full continent instead of having these west and east regions. I think that the costs um, in terms of move, moving around the country, uh, around the continent, is a big factor. Um, but also is, is the idea of the timing of the things and trying to have these midweek games cluttered around a very tight season, especially for, for clubs like in J1 in particular, who's got a very kind of long and exhaustive season ahead. I think even in its current guys, I know Australian teams have really kind of uh, struggled in terms of trying to play these midweek games, and that's within their own region, let alone having to go all the way up to Uzbekistan in midweek game. It's trying to find that balance, and I think, I know when we started having these neutral hubs in 2000 because of the, uh, the COVID um, pandemic, I think a, a lot of clubs saw that as a, kind of, this is an opportunity, get all your ATL in a kind of clustered park. Um, uh, and then you can start to kind of widen that reach, um, and you can start getting the interest in this kind of peak peak tournament. The difficulty in that case, which we're experiencing at the moment, is that you're getting low attendances because, let's take for example in Riyadh at the moment, where there's um, a few of the group stages taking place, the the fans are only turning up for those big clubs, be it Al Hilal um, or Al Shabab, etc. And the, the fans aren't sticking around for the other games. And that's within region. So if you're a, I don't know, if you're an Al Hilal uh, kind of Saudi fan, you would be moderately interested in watching Al Sadd, for example. Um, and I guess to be that as a kind of a European, where um, if Real Madrid were playing uh, AC Milan or something like that in London, there would be um, a significant amount of attendance in place. Unfortunately, in Asia, that isn't the case. Um, they're very much a regional kind of base, but even more country based. And I don't think. I think that's where we're sort of seeing the difficulty and we can't see the impact. We're seeing in these neutral venues where there's, you're playing in front of a handful of fans and that just really spoils the spectacle. So I think going back to a home and away you know, is the only way that we can move this forward. But then we start to get to the trouble to having midweek games where you're travelling across a, a continent which is too vast for that sort of uh, format, unfortunately. Yeah. 
Yep, yep, for sure. And I think that, uh, by the way, you know, we are uh, exactly five minutes from uh, kickoff time of uh, three matches. Uh, if if you guys are willing to keep and uh, you know enjoy the chat while uh, watching, uh, I think we will stick a little a little longer than what I uh, predicted. It always like this in spaces. You predict something, but uh, nothing. Uh, Nothing is uh, going by the plan, uh, but uh, yeah, we have Ahal uh, from Turkmenistan against Fulad, uh, Mumbai City, um, the historical Indian team that uh, wrote history for Indian football uh, in the last match day, uh, winning a game in the AFC Champions League, first time for India, uh, playing against uh, Al Jazeera, and uh, we have uh, Paktako against uh, El Duhail from Qatar. Um, that's starting right now, but we will keep the chat going uh, a little bit through the through the first half because all this discussion uh, about uh, the mix or the desired uh, mix or the dream that uh, me and Lotfi have <laughs> to see, uh, uh, you know, a shuffled AFC Champions League and Erfan as well. Uh, let's speak a little bit about the West because uh, what we are seeing in the West is very interesting. And uh, this is a take that I would love uh, to hear the opinion of each and every one of our speakers tonight. Uh, the Iranian teams, the big uh, Iranian teams, Perspolis and Esteglal, are out of the competition. Uh, and uh, first of all, it's a big loss for the competition. Obviously, there are massive clubs, uh, usually with quality players, uh, with a lot of uh, you know talents and raw talents that come in from. Uh, uh, distant places in in Iran and uh, making their time in the big city, scoring and uh, and having fun. And we are discovering new football stars basically this way, uh, which is always fun. They left. Uh, there is a vacuum now in uh, in the in the uh, in the western part of the AFC Champions League. Uh, so anyone who wants to take the mic and uh, share his thoughts about this vacuum. Uh, and as we see, suddenly a team like uh, El Shabab Riyadh, yes, uh, the most veteran club uh, in uh, Saudi, uh, in, uh, in Riyadh, in, uh, in, as, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's more ancient than uh, Al Hilal and Nasser, but it's basically the little sister uh, of, of the big uh, Riyadh clubs, are actually becoming a contender to go to the West final uh, because of this vacuum. So please, Erfan, go ahead. Give us your take on the absence of uh, Iranian mega clubs from this year's competition. Yes, uh, obviously, as an Estaglal fan, it was uh, hard to see when the clubs got eliminated. Uh, we've participated in uh, almost every single uh, every single competition in the past few years, so it was hard to t take it in. But it is what it is, and uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think it is a big loss for Asian football. Uh, obviously, Iranian clubs have been. Uh, I mean, I know they haven't won it in the AFC Champions League era yet, but they've made they've made several finals and semifinals. Uh, Paris Police being the latest one, and uh, Zobahan and Sepahan being the last ones. Uh, and yeah, I think it's a big loss. I mean, Sepahan and Fulad are still participating in the competition, but obviously, uh, I don't think they'll make it too far. They're nowhere nearly as good as the two Tehran giants. And um, I think it's both the clubs and the federation, the Iranian federation, to blame. Uh, they've been ignoring the requests of the fans of the clubs, and and ultimately now they have to pay for it. I hope they learn a lesson from this and make sure it never repeats again. 
Yeah, excellent words. And, and just uh, just to clarify for the listeners and, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong or not accurate on my uh, perceptions of the, the situation. Basically, both uh, clubs are were banned from this year, suspended from the competition due to the, the way they handle their finance and the, way, the fact that they are not uh, standing in line uh, with the criteria for youth departments, uh, for transfer, transfer fee management, and, and, you know, basically bad managed. And it's a big shame because these two clubs, uh, Pespolis and Esteglal, are literally, you know, they are culture institutions in Iran. They have millions of fans and they are symbolic in a historical and a cultural way. So not having them in Asian football uh, Premier Club competition is is a shame, and uh, we are seeing the result. You know, for me, uh, no offense, of course, to to Fulad uh, uh, and even to Sepahan, which is a side that is going strong, and even in the in the Persian Golf Pro League in recent years, it's not the same, and it shouldn't be this way. You know, it's not. Uh, it's for me. It's unbelievable. Although you know, uh, maybe it gives a chance to one of my favorite clubs in Asia, the Iraqi Sevilla, El Kuel Jawia, maybe to shine a little bit and bring some respect to to Mesopotamia and the in the area. Uh, Martin Lotfi, some of you want to to comment on the topic? Yeah, I think um, it is. It's especially from last year where Persepolis were. Uh, one of the better teams in the group stages. I think we are definitely missing them. Um, Sepahan, I think, have been quite impressive in, in spurts. Um, the, the consistency is probably a question mark. Um, and Fulad, I think, very similar to last year, actually. They were they were in a, a typical group in terms of it's probably the weakest group or the, the one without it, kind of a big hitter in. And they're just grinding away to kind of that top two position. And I think they're playing that hard tonight. And I think, again, if they, they, they get lucky again and try and get that kind of um, second win against them, they're in a, a good spot. Going back to your first point in terms of the favourites for the West, I think, yeah, the, the Saudi clubs are looking head and shoulders. And I think you've got Al-Halal who are just miles ahead in terms of how strength and depth they could probably, uh, they're probably the first, second and probably potentially third best team in West Asia. Um, I, th- I still think they're kind of streets ahead of Al-Shabaab who, who need Anna Bonega, um, and they need these players to be kind of sticking up for them on a regular basis, but they only play kind of one-directional play. If that doesn't work, which we saw the other night, it, it's a bit more of a struggle, whereas if Al-Halal have got a number of players in a number of positions, they brought back um, Igalo, Al-Dasali, um, and Matias Pereira as their front three last week. All three of them weren't in the squad the week before, and it just shows that kind of intensity of, kind of how how good the, this team is and this is kind of knocking on from uh, last year where they, they were all um, all encompassing as well that next kind of level or who's going to actually beat them it's either going to be Al-Shabaab or with the hope is one of the Qatari teams get their act together um, Al-Shabaab have been very hit and miss I don't know what's really going on with Al-Shabaab at the moment it just seems that um, whether it be Javi Gracia coming in or um, the kind of overhang of Shabbat and they're leaving, etc. Or Alder Hale, who I think we're kind of we're putting our hats uh, 
uh, we're tipping both of those sides to do well given the strength and kind of the Qatari um, national team that kind of is the spine for both of them but we are starting to see some kind of some creaks in that um, some cracks within those teams um, I know that um, Al-Rawi and um, the centre-back for Al-Rahel doesn't look um, not, uh, kind of the same player that he was previously so after Karim Hassan and Pedro both get sent off a couple of weeks ago for Al-Sad I think there's still some question marks over them um, and if they're kind of dropping off there is a kind of a gulf between to say Al-Hilal and the rest um, and that's the only kind of concern we've got because I think there's quite a lot of good c- competitive play and um, Central Asia is is stepping back up. I think Paxcore have done a little bit better than I thought they would do. A whole of looks um, good on their kind of debut um, uh, in the tournament as a Turkman team. Um, but I still think kind of Alpha out of that kind of distance runner. Um, and I think we now, as a kind of an Asian community, have got to kind of look towards them making a dent on the Club World Cup, um, be it kind of the one off kind of ties it as they are at the moment, or when we look towards FIFA developing it a bit further. I know they had ideas about it being in China, whether that'll be come to fruition in the next couple of years, but I think that's when we start to kind of see Asia's standpoint on the world stage. I think Al Halal can start to look to um, to achieve a lot more um, than any Asian side has done previously. Yes, yes, indeed. Not free. Your floor. Go. Yes, uh, I agree. I absolutely agree with what uh, Martin said. Uh, I would just add personally two things. Uh, that uh, the emptiness, as we see in French, and, uh, na- the natural uh, hate, hate emptiness, as we see in French. So that's why I would say that some teams have emerged and replaced those uh, uh, v- usually popular teams, uh, Iranian teams like Istiqlal, etc. And it's very sad, by the way, for the prestige of the competition that those two teams aren't uh, aren't taking part. And secondly, uh, I will focus on El Hilal and say it for me that uh, for me they are sincerely the best team uh, outside uh, Europe since I would say since 2017 sincerely because uh, I can't see a team uh, with, with such quality uh, being this consistent at continental level since uh, since 2017 I would say and with the same crop of players you know they add one or two and yet the, ma- the machine is still going on and uh, uh, and as said uh, Martin, I think it will be extremely tough to stop them because they look, you know, they, they have everything sincerely and uh, to be maybe the maybe the comparison it's a, is a big uh, uh, excessive, but I think they have everything to be the Real Madrid of uh, of Asia, sincerely, because, uh, you know, they are, they are th- this uh, super mega club, you know, they, they have all the criteria, they have fans, they have a huge, they are back, they, are, mm, they have a, a, a huge financial power, uh, they have huge players, you know, they, they are making the bulk of the national team of Saudi Arabia, they have successful foreigners. They have a good coach. So I think yes, for me they have this. Uh, they they have the opportunity and and to be the first uh, 
super club in uh, in Asian in Asian football and and it will uh, it will break my heart in a certain way because I prefer Ittihad if they win the the Champions League again this year. But uh, but honestly, I don't see a, a team uh, beating them. And and uh, Martin uh, insisted on that. I think on Twitter when he said that they were missing uh, a, a huge number of players or some players were on the bench, notably I think Awes etc. Uh, they were on the bench yet they asked they they managed to collect all the points and uh, in a very convincing manner so i think yes i think definitely the title is is them to lose in a certain way uh, especially with this format you know as you said it's centralized they will play all their game in saudi arabia kind of or uh, all the farthest they will go it will be for the final i think uh, when they will play in the east in a certain i think so i think yeah we have maybe we are maybe witnessing if they go uh if they go all the way again i think we we, we will see uh, and we are witnessing at Mayas the the birth of the first asian super club which is backed with uh, all we know you know el walid bin talal and the, the the money of the government etc and which has this capacity at Myers to be uh, this uh, this uh, immense club many many uh, you know Asia was missing because you know there's kind of uh, one everywhere I think in in Africa you know you have El Ahli you have Zemelek but uh, in Europe also you have Real Madrid etc but Asia was missing one in a certain way which was you know this team which always found a way in a certain way to to win the Champions League or to make the semis etc uh, so I think and I think El Hilala for me this uh, this team which is uh, and this club in a certain way which is feeling all the criteria and which will be uh, uh, I would say as far as uh, see and uh, I think everything changed thanks to this win in 2019 because you know they were this title was leading them, but now they are building at my something which is uh, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, which is a uh, uh, an. Um, unprecedented in Asian football because I think uh, Ittihad when they won you know in 2004-2005 after that you know they just made one final and they disappeared completely but uh, uh, El Hilal you know they are present uh, it would be very interesting to see how much finals or semi-finals they have made over the, the past decade so I think yes we are we are witnessing and if I can sum up we are witnessing definitely the birth of the of the first super club uh, in Asian football in terms of uh, fans of uh, of uh, even financial backing and, uh, and even of uh, of culture yeah brilliant brilliant i i you know i couldn't agree more but uh, i was surprised to hear from you you know uh, uh, saying that uh, alila the biggest club outside uh, of europe when you just uh, you know a couple of months ago uh, we've seen them facing uh, maybe the biggest club outside uh, Europe, uh, knocking them down four 0 Lotfi. Yeah, but uh, I would say over the I I was seeing over the five years, you know, the last five years for me the. I don't see a team, a team, sorry, which has been as consistent. You know, even in the display, even in 2017 when you know they lost. They were far ahead, Urawa, especially in the first leg. But uh, that's my opinion, obviously, because I I watch very uh, certain football. But yeah, as you said, uh, yeah, I think uh, let's hope that they uh, and I fancy that they won't follow because uh, uh, we were talking about Chinese football. Uh, Guangzhou, you know, they were tipped to become super Asian club, 
but I, th I, I, think, I sincerely think and hope that uh, uh, El Hilal won't follow the same, uh, the same fate because you know there, there are those, t those, those clubs who are you know the, uh, uh, I would say eternal. You know they will always bounce back and they will never have uh, uh, the financial problem, etc. So I think yeah, we are witnessing definitely the first uh, Asian club and the first uh, bir the birth of uh, an Asian club. And as said Martin, I think. You see that maybe they are they are maybe the the, the, the greatest chance for Asia if things uh, keeps going on. They are maybe the greatest chance for Asia to win uh, the um, the Club World Cup. Uh, honestly, with such a team, etc. So it's very interesting, and you know they have this capacity to to renew the. Um, the, I would say the the squad. You know, they add they they add uh, El Hamidan. I think from El Shabab. They add they added also those uh, those players also Nasser Dosari from the academy, etc., etc. They have this capacity. You know, you do. They don't make. Uh, you know, they don't uh, destroy everything and uh, and bring on a generation. They add them partially, partially. Then they take up the the torch, etc., etc. The and 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 at, at the end of the day, you know, you, they are always present, etc. And they have uh, such. Uh, such a culture uh, which made them, I say, the, 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 the maestro, you know, Tariq uh, Tayyib, the former uh, Libyan maestro, he said that they are one of the three uh, institutions at the, at the first sense of the word of uh, Arabic football with uh, Al Ahli and, uh, and Esperance. Yes, yes, for sure. In this, in this case, uh, we are totally agreeing, you know, uh, I'm, I'm lucky to commentate Ali Lal games uh, here in the past uh, two seasons, both uh, AFC Champions League and uh, Club World Cup, must say their match against Chelsea in the Club World Cup was probably the most impressive game I watched an Asian side uh, confronting in a, a European one. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, we've seen uh, Alain, you know, playing uh, Real Madrid in the Club World Cup of uh, 2018, but Al-Hilal really played well against Chelsea. They were better the most of the match and as you said it's not like ending uh, by building a good uh, first 11 and have a good uh, a solid free substitution they have players coming up the ranks they have young talents from Riyadh which is an immense uh, football hub a really growing football hub in terms of talent it was it always was yeah you know this is the place where our beloved Omar Abdulrahman Amuri uh, was making his first steps on the on the football field, so imagine how many you have there if you just scout them right and you know uh, build build a, a professional and sustainable system for football for them uh, from a young age. I think Ali Al is definitely going in uh, in this direction, and you know I, I want to refer also to what uh, Martin said earlier about Al Sadd and, and their. You know, weird way to play this tournament uh, this year. Um, you know, someone from the club, I won't say who, uh, told me when I asked him for, for uh, only recently when, when Xavi left uh, for an article, I told him, how, how are you going to fill this hole? So he, he told me, you know, uh, also Manchester United struggled to, to fill the hole of uh, Alex Ferguson. So we are, he said, like, that the club is aware of you know of uh, uh, of an expected shaky era that might come because Xavi was very dominant inside of the of the system in Al Sadd you know footballing but obviously socially you know and, and he he was an important character 
So that that's also an interesting theme to follow in this year's competition. How how Al Sadd is uh, doing, and basically we've seen you know seeing uh, Rodrigo Tabata scoring a goal at uh, 41 years old is always nice. But it's also interesting to see two of maybe interesting future World Cup stars. You know, Akram Afif that will be the face of this World Cup basically uh, with Qatar and uh, Andre Ayou that is the captain of the Black Stars of Ghana. And obviously will be there, and you know him playing at the you know club of the country of Qatar, Al Sadd, and playing with Ghana in the World Cup in Qatar is also an interesting spotlight to be under. Uh, so it's worth watching the Al Sadd games, and it will be interesting to see the journey in the competition. Um, Lotfi, because Martin had to go. Uh, he had uh, other responsibilities, which is uh, obviously fine. Uh, I want to ask your opinion, and if you have managed to watch uh, one of the batches of uh, Al Shabab, uh, I, I got to commentate two games, and I really, really enjoyed. And I want your take on them. Yes, uh, I was going to to talk about them because you know, uh, as you said, they were very impressive, and I think that's the first time I see them. Uh, being this good on the Asian scene since a long time, and uh, and even on on a, on a larger scale, I think this is the the first time I would say outside the El, the El Riyadh giants uh, that I see uh, uh, the two the two biggest team obviously that I see a team being this good. Uh, obviously, uh, with uh, Ever Banega who has been brilliant, honestly, he has found the second half at El Shabab. I thought personally that he was there just to collect the dollars. Let's be honest. But uh, since joining them, I think has been pretty decent, and uh, I think they definitely uh, El Shabab need uh, a, a huge and a good adventure. Not not maybe not going to the final to the to the zonal final against very likely Al Hilal, but I think going to the to the semi or something like this because you know those teams, uh, notably the other the other teams. Um, uh, outside El Hilal, you know, the other Saudi teams, they need to break their dock, honestly, in a certain way, because outside El Hilal, uh, except uh, yeah, except El Hilal, the last time a Saudi team reached the final uh, of the Champions League was in 2012, and I think it was El Ahli Jeddah. And uh, since then, you know, only El Hilal uh, made uh, made the finals. They made it four times, which is formidable. But uh, except that, you know. Uh, only Al Hilal made the final, so I think it's time for those teams, notably Al Shabab, from what they showed and uh, they have the quality and the experience. Uh, it's time for them to break their dock and to make, uh, I would say, a semi-final and you know to to build like this, you know, to build a bit like Al Hilal build, you know, because Al Hilal build on their on their failures, you know, they 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 made semis, they lost finals, and then they managed, they managed, they managed, they they were they went and they 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 touched the the holy grail and they they finally won the, the title which eluded them so I think yes it's it's crucial I would say for, for those notably Al-Shabaab which, which looks sorry very credible to make a, a good uh, a good impact on the on the Champions League this year to say that yes there are teams outside uh, Al-Hilal because we all know Al-Hilal as said and as described them um, it's it's up to them because you know the I don't think they have won yes they have won I think a, a, an Asian trophy but it was the Cup Winners Cup if I'm not wrong so I think it's up to them to to make something in the to make something decent in the in the Champions League. 
they they haven't reached the semis or something like this if i'm not wrong since a long time and, and made the credible thing so i think it's now or never they have banega who has been very good and um who has been instrumental so i think yes uh, i i was pretty pretty pleased by them also too so let's hope that they will make uh, something uh, something decent at the at the end of the day yeah for sure for sure you know i i i'm fully with you you know i'm a big i was a big uh, a fan of ever banega even before he arrived and when he arrived i had no doubt that he will uh, take this opportunity and hug her and he really became you know a, a a character that i see you know young saudi players look at and learn from and i think a player with such vision and such good and quality understanding of the of the game is so important uh for a country like saudi and for young saudi players and i'm really excited i think you know he can he can go off as one of the of the foreign uh, foreigners with the biggest uh, you know impact in saudi football if he really managed to take el shabab a step forward both on the asian and the you know on the continental level and continental stage and also you know re- impact and and you know helping in raising the next generation of saudi footballers sound really something to look for um well our space is uh, slowly but carefully dying i see we are not a uh, lot of people left we were almost 40 at the peak it was nice it felt good um basically it was a, it was a pilot uh, it was a tryout to see if uh, the community is interested in uh, speaking about asian football in this way I think uh I think the the answer is uh, pretty much yes you know I enjoyed it uh, I always like to listen to lots of people speak about football and obviously Martin as as always is a, is a great uh, expert of uh, of Asian football um if anyone has another take to 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 give the the floor is yours just send a request and they will give it if not we'll wrap it up and uh, we will do it uh, more often I believe I would try to to schedule a space uh, with uh, same or other interesting uh, speakers uh, very soon I, I really hope to get bear uh, and give him the mic you know uh, such knowledge on uh, southeast asian football and in such a day you know three big victories for southeast asian uh, teams navin also is always uh, interesting to speak about indian football and uh, you know the injury injury time podcast of indian football is a very good platform to learn a lot about the indian game especially in such a year when mumbai city is writing history scoring a first indian goal in the champions league uh, writing a first victory in the in the champions league so please do follow uh, injury time and indian football in this competition and there are you want to say something before we Hello? close the space Hello Bear. Hello. Hello Bear, can you hear me? No, I believe this is the sign. Lotfi, merci beaucoup. Shukran jazeelan ya akh. And everyone, thank you for listening. Habibi. Uh, we will catch up later and uh, please if you have ideas or willing to 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 pop up with space, just let us know. Baba Gold DM, we are here and keep it real. Bye.